Now, the Wealth Protection Diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating. Her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Money is the number one cause of divorce in America. Money is among the top reasons people commit suicide. Approximately 80% of Americans live financially month to month. The rules of saving for retirement have changed from pensions given to employees after many years of dedication to employees being completely responsible for saving for their own futures. Less than 10% of high school graduates receive any financial education in school. College students are graduating with soaring credit card debt, not including student loans, along with their diplomas. Fact, 4 out of 10 college students face unmanageable debt as they finish college and enter the job market. My esteemed guest, Sharon Lecter, has combined her expertise as a CPA and an international best-selling author with her unmatched passion for financial literacy and entrepreneurship to inspire change for individuals and organizations across the globe for over 30 years. Credited as the genius behind the Rich Dad brand, as CEO, Sharon led the Rich Dad company for over 10 years as it became an international phenomenon, co-authoring Rich Dad, Poor Dad, along with 14 other books in the Rich Dad series. A pioneer in developing new technologies, programs, and products, Sharon has brought education into children's lives in ways that are innovative, challenging, and fun. In 1989, she joined forces with the inventor of the first electronic talking book and helped him expand the electronic book industry to a multi-million dollar international market. Since 1992, she has dedicated her professional life and directed her entrepreneurial efforts in the creation and distribution of financial education books, games, and other experiential learning products experiential learning products and programs. As the founder and CEO of Pay Your Family First, Sharon and her company have developed award-winning tools that are currently utilized by parents and educators to inspire positive financial stewardship and the entrepreneurial spirit. Welcome, Sharon. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. It's a very long introduction. It just tells you how old I am. (laughs) (laughs) Well, gosh, I've known you for so long and have just been, you know, thrilled to watch as you have gone out there and conquered the world. But really more important is your passion for teaching financial literacy to kids. So let's talk about that because even today with all the media around we need to teach our kids financial literacy, I'm sure that you see is still not happening at the level you'd like to see it. Oh, absolutely not. We're still not teaching our children about money in school and parents still are frightened to talk about money because they're, they're afraid their kids are going to realize that they as parents need to learn a little bit about it as well so um it's it's really it it's it's such it's it's a travesty um it's i believe criminal that we're not teaching our children about money in school money is a life skill 
no matter what you end up doing in life. You could be a janitor or the CEO or an entrepreneur. We all have to deal with money. And, at, you know, at the end of the day, we can talk until we're, you know, till the cows come home, but we're either a master of our money or a slave to our money. There's not much in between. And if we can give our children the tools to create money, know how to make money on their own, it's the gift of a lifetime. And it will become a master of their money at an early age and prevent them from getting into that same system that you just shared on your intro as far as the number of kids that are in, in financial debt coming out of college. I mean, it's really, really the next bubble. And in fact, I'm working on a bill in Washington to address that. Mm, That's awesome. Well, it's interesting. I read Entrepreneur Magazine. And honestly, the whole time I'm reading it, for the most of it, I'm, I'm really pissed off. And here's why. I read about these young entrepreneurs. You know, most are coming out of Silicon Valley. And this was one of the questions. We raised $50 million in our first round. It's been a year, and now we have to give everybody raises. Should we go out and ask for more money? So the mentality out there of what it takes to be in business is, I don't have to understand how to sell a product. I just have to have great connections in the venture capital world in order to sustain my business. So I'm just wondering, you know, part of the whole messaging out there is to be an entrepreneur. You don't have to, you don't have to understand the money side of it because there's somebody else who does who's usually much older. So that's my thing. And for you, I know it's getting into the elementary, the middle school, and the high school level. And just like you, I don't understand the why behind we're not teaching these kids how to balance a checkbook or what does it mean to be laid on a car payment? Well, and it's, and, and it's amazing because those few schools who say, oh, yeah, we teach a kid how to ch- balance a checkbook. Well, in reality... There aren't, I don't know any young person out there now who has a checkbook. They do everything online. They do it through debit cards. And so it's really important that we, you know, we become, we get up with the times and understand what we need to teach these young people. But I, I, you know, I really appreciate what you just said about the, uh, the venture capitalists and the young people coming because that is true. I get, I get as frustrated as you do when I see that these companies are raising millions and millions of dollars and it's still pre-revenue. They haven't made any money. Right. You know, and it's like they're calling themselves entrepreneurs. I think they're scam artists. You know, it's, they're not, you know, an entrepreneur is creating and serving, you know, either I, I talk about the, you know, to build a, there's two reasons to build a business, to solve a problem or serve a need. And if they're pre-revenue, they're not solving any problems and they're not serving any needs but their own. And it, it, it does happen over and over again. And it's like, I, I look back and I go, who are these venture capitalists that are investing in something that still hasn't gotten a proven formula? Right. It's crazy. Yeah. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Sharon Lecter. On that subject, let's talk about because you're, you know, one of the the coolest things that ever came out of the whole Rich Dad brand was the cash flow game. And then they created cash flow for kids. But I know you've taken it to another level as well. I love what 
you know, I read about you as far as experiential, and I think this is a huge part of what's missing in, I just graduated a couple of years ago, uh, you know, my daughter out of high school, and it was all about testing and regurgitating and that same old way of learning, and the education system hasn't caught up with with how we should be teaching. But let's talk about the hands-on or experiential that you like to see or offer um, when you're talking about financial literacy. Well, thank you. And it covers all aspects of learning. The most effective way of learning is is through experience. I mean, do you learn to ride a bike by reading about it or watching a movie? No, you you learn to ride a bike by getting on it, falling off a few times, and keeping at it and persevering. The same thing in everything in life. Um, You can read about it, but until you emotionally get into the situation, you don't know how you're going to react. And so everything that I do, even in my books, when I write a book, where you think about Rich Dad, Poor Dad, it's experiential because it's telling a story. And so it's involving something that emotionally you start connecting with. And that, so you're experiencing the book, not just reading the book. And so everything I do is experiential based because that's how people learn and retain. You know, you can learn something and forget it right after you take the test. Um, but you want people to learn it and retain the information and return the ed- retain it so that they can apply it in their own life when it's necessary. And so it's very important that we start thinking about our schools and say, you know, instead of having this, you know, dr- drill it into their heads and then make them spit it out on a test, Let's have them experience it, use it to solve problems, use it to create, because that's how we're going to actually build the brilliance in our young people. And that, yes, the cash flow game was experiential learning. Cash flow for kids, I loved when I developed that. And then in my new company, Pay Your Family First, we developed a game called Thrive Time for Teens, which is specifically for young people of your daughter's age um, in that high school, middle school, high school age, where it really is talking to them where they are, allowing them to experience the choices that they make. And it's real simple. The whole point of the game is it's not just how you spend your money, but it's how you spend your time. And every choice you make either takes you towards success or not. And so as we developed the game, we had all these experiences, many of which my children went through or my grandchildren went through, and I put in a lot of humor. It's such, it's glorious to watch these kids play because the lights turn on and they go, why aren't they teaching me this in school? This is what I need for my real life. It's crazy that we're not doing it in school. Yeah, absolutely. If uh, that game is available on your website, right, SharonLector.com. What was the name of it? is available on SharonLector.com as well as Amazon. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's cool. And, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, I'm sure you've discovered as you're out there, you know, at a higher level in Congress and at your state legislature and really trying to force the issue of financial literacy in young people, you know, it still comes down to what's going on in the home. And are you, you know, just still curious as to why parents are not helping their kids understand this? 
Well, I'm not curious because I know why. They, they're afraid their kids are going to realize that they don't know everything and that they, you know, that they themselves are in need of financial literacy. And so it comes back to that fear, Sherry. If we think about it, as we were, all of us when we were growing up, what did we hear our parents say about money? You know, money doesn't grow on trees. Who do you think we are, the Rockefellers? We can't afford it. Penny pinching. And what do all of those comments have in common? They're negative. And so at very early ages, as children, we get this negative imprint when money comes in. So that's why we end up growing up with this fear about money, fear of never having enough. When we become successful, fear of losing it. And it's all around this idea of scarcity. And so we need to start thinking about the language we use around our children. Instead of saying we can't afford it, flip the switch and say, how can we afford it? That goes from a negative statement to one that ignites that entrepreneurial spirit. Right. And I've noticed that we have up through the college here a lot of youth. And as soon as you help them understand how to build a successful business, they get engaged, they get excited, and their creativity absolutely blossoms. Sharon, we have to go to break. We come back. We're going to pick up, but we're going to change gears and we're going to talk about a very hidden manuscript that you brought forth through the Napoleon Hill Foundation. And so I want to talk about that with you. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Sage International Incorporated fosters the entrepreneurial spirit by first educating our clients. In fact, we wrote the best-selling book, Incorporate and Get Rich, as recommended by Robert Kiyosaki in his bestseller, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. For over 20 years, we've taught thousands of business owners, investors, professionals, and entrepreneurs how to properly structure their business and personal assets to avoid the three flaming arrows of challenge, income taxes, liability exposure, probate and death taxes. Call Sage International Incorporated at 1-800-254-5779 to set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's 1-800-254-5779. Sage International. This is Patrick McGoy from Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill, a wealth protection diva. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. Dr. Napoleon Hill, author of Think and Grow Rich, is arguably the most famous self-help action writer, thinker, evocateur, and best-selling author of all time whose teachings have influenced entire generations of success seekers and best-selling author of all time whose teaching have influenced entire generations of success seekers, wrote another profound and provocative book in 1938, Outwitting the Devil, which was withheld from release because it was considered too controversial by his family and advisors. In 2008, Sharon Lecter, the powerhouse behind the Rich Dad brand for 10 years, was asked by the Napoleon Hill Foundation to help re-energize the powerful teachings of Hill just as the international economy was faltering. Her best-selling books, Think and Grow Rich, Three Feet from Gold, and Outwitting the Devil, were both written in cooperation with the foundation. 
Sharon's current partnership with the Napoleon Hill Foundation uniquely positions her as a standout entrepreneur, publisher, and business advisor. As a driving force behind these two mega brands, Sharon has demonstrated her entrepreneurial vision and business expertise while empowering audiences with actionable messaging to improve outcomes for businesses, families, and communities all over the world. Sharon, well, welcome back. Well, thank you so much, Sherry. Delighted to be with you always. Thank you. So you wrote that Outwitting the Devil was the most profound book you have ever read. You want to share why? Well, absolutely. And you, you, you told part of the story. When I was, we, the month we were releasing Three Feet from Gold, which was the first book I did with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, I got a call from Don Green, the CEO, and he said, Sharon, we have this manuscript. It has been hidden away for 73 years. And we, quite frankly, don't know what to do with it. And we'd love to have your input. So they sent it to me. And I understand the manuscript, because it was that old, had been typed on a manual typewriter. It had handwritten notes on it, and it was handwritten notes from Napoleon Hill himself. And I was probably only the fourth or fifth person outside the immediate family to have ever read the book. And I went away to my little spot in San Diego where I can see the ocean and sat down to read it, and over in about a two-hour period of time, I just was totally transfixed and transformed. Um, it's an incredibly powerful book. For most of your listeners probably know who Napoleon Hill is and have read Think and Grow Rich, and many of them may know that Think and Grow Rich was a project that he spent his entire life on, over 20 years of research and writing. It took 25 years to publish it. He published Think and Grow Rich in 1937. And so he should have been elated, but he was frustrated. He said, you know, I've spent all this time and effort, and I'm providing the world this thesis of success. And yet people, even though they know what they're supposed to do, don't do it. And so he was frustrated. So he sat down and just in a few months' time kind of downloaded this book called Outwitting the Devil. And he wrote it based on the fact that what keeps us from creating success in our lives? What holds us back? And most of it relates around fear. But he tells the story, again, experientially shares the story through telling a parable of him interrogating the devil on an interview with the devil it's an interrogation of the devil and he says right in the beginning of the book as you the reader you can you can decide if you think i'm talking to an imaginary devil or if i'm talking to the real devil doesn't really matter will you derive benefit from what i share Hmm. and the book itself scared his wife to death, the title, <laughs> yeah. and she forbid it to be published. And then Napoleon Hill died in 70, she died in, 90, in the 90s, and the family finally turned the manuscript over to the foundation in 09. And I will, I tell you, talk about feeling honored, humbled, unbelievable to have been given the opportunity to read this manuscript. And I called Don Green back and I said, there was a greater power at work. This book, if it had come out in 1938, would have probably dampened the rise and success of Think and Grow Rich because it would have been a competitive work. But it is exactly the message that we need today. 
and it has truly helped us reignite the words and the wisdom of Napoleon Hill with the younger generation because it's a little bit in your face. It's a little bit, you know, this is how it is. And the and Gen Y, they love this book. I love this book. And it truly helped me change my life. It helped me understand things that I, you know, the self the issue of self sabotage is huge in yeah. our in our in our community and environment. And this book will help you understand the things that you're doing to hold yourself back. Yeah. And it's very very powerful. And I was so honored to be asked to take it and annotate it and 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 literally make comments that are relative to today's environment so that a reader can see how his work still relates today. And for those hardcore Hill aficionados, I made my comments in a different typeface set apart so that if you want to just read Hill without my comments, it's available to you. Yeah. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Sharon Lecter, and we're talking about the hidden manuscript that she converted into a book through the Napoleon Hill Foundation called Outwitting the Devil. And as I was reading through the book, Sharon, I have it. You know, it was, it was fascinating because when you talk about, you know, what does hold people back, I mean, Think and Grow Rich was great because, like you said, it, you know, created a whole new thought revolution, you know, definiteness of purpose and being passionate and staying on course and all of that. But reality is we still have to deal with that person, that other voice, that other person always in our head, which is trying to yank us backwards and maybe we're not worthy. I don't know. But so it was quite fascinating. And so what is what is the one, you know, talk about one of the bigger lessons you got out of the book. Oh, wow. In um, Outwitting the Devil, you know, it's fear either paralyzes us or motivates us. And this book helps you understand how fear that you've experienced in your life has paralyzed you in instances where you, when you recognize it and see it, after you read the book, you can use that fear to motivate yourself to keep going. Um, you know, Napoleon Hill's wisdom about how we get ourselves, he talks about hypnotic rhythm and how when you do, you get into a habit of good things, good things will happen, or the inverse is also true. If you get yourself into the habit of being lazy and indifferent, it can become so compelling that it's hard to get out of that cycle. But I think the one thing that is most appropriate in what the book is, is the definition of a drifter in today's environment. He talks about that the top 2% of successful people are non-drifters. They know what they're going to do. They, they know where they're headed, and they are focused on that, and they don't let people detour them. And then the rest of us, the 98%, are drifters. And that means we kind of go with the flow. We don't, you know, we kind of like, well, whatever, whatever else wants. We, we're not definite in what we want in life. And because we're not definite, we allow life to push us in any direction, and we stay in a state of reaction instead of proaction. And so the concept, you start seeing things that you do in your life that truly are attributes of a drifter, and it helps wake you up and say, you know what, 
That's true. It's right. I'm making these choices, and I can make different choices to become a non-drifter, to be more focused on what I want, take more control over my environment, take more control of what I'm allowing inside my head, whether it's negative. Let's get rid of the negative and allow more positive um, auto-suggestion into my subconscious to help me move forward. And I think that the concept of drifting versus non-drifting is very powerful in the book. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, in, in a lot of what I do in teaching business planning and all of that, I'm always fascinated by, you know, people that are in businesses and really have no clue or any idea of where they're trying to get to. You know, we spend a lot of time on the vision, and they don't even have a vision. And so one of the things that, you know, I'm a profound student of Napoleon Hill with the last name Hill. I should be, right? <laughs> and and so just realizing that, you know, all that self-talk, all that stuff that goes on, we were conditioned for that. We grew up in that. We have allowed it to happen. And, of course, this isn't something you can just change overnight. I mean, it's, it's really a practice, as he talks about, that you have to physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually work on every day. But yet, when you understand it, how profound and more motivated and more exciting and adventurous life becomes. We have so many things distracting us in our lives every day that... Today, more than ever before, that definiteness of purpose is so important for us to really, truly achieve what we want in our lives. And the problem is we have so many, um, we allow ourselves to, you know, the concept of multitasking. I used to pride myself that I was a multitasker. Well, you know, part of being a multitasker is also you're dividing your focus. <laughs> so sometimes you need to make sure you do, you you allow yourself to schedule time to be highly focused to focus on what it is you want and where you're going and i'm a huge advocate for non-multitasking <laughs> because you know you you're a creative you're writing you're speaking you're doing all those things well if you were trying to prepare a keynote presentation and at the same time you're trying to pay your bills you're not giving your highest and best self and so, you know, that's something I learned a long time ago from some of my other great mentors out there who are just advocates for non-multitasking. So that's awesome. So how exciting for you to be working with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, the great things that they have done in making sure that his messages and his information are still available. So I, get, I think that was probably... Um, something very exciting for you. Oh, it was an incredible honor. I read Think and Grow Rich when I was 19. I didn't realize at the time, until probably in my 30s, how much impact it had on my life. But, you know, I built Rich Dad. I was there 10 years. I owned it. I, I thought that was my contribution to the world. I thought that was my Hail Mary. And um, to be able to leave the Rich Dad organization, then you know, building the largest personal finance brand in the world, and then to be asked, to step in and work alongside the Napoleon Hill Foundation in the largest personal development brand, it, uh, it was incredibly humbling and very huge honor. And I tell you, they're incredible people to work with. And um, 
to be able to make sure that we are helping draft those messages so that Napoleon Hill's brilliance is being heard by young people. Because when I first started working with them, the vast majority of people under the age of 50 didn't even know who Napoleon Hill was. And we're starting to see that blossom and that change. And um, and, and outwitting the devil is the main reason that that's happening. Yeah. Sharon, we have to go to break. We come back. We're going to pick up on a different subject. I want to talk about Think and Grow Rich for Women. We'll be right back. This is Scott Waite, Certified Public Accountant and Management Consultant at RS Waite Chartered. You are listening to the Sherry Hill Radio Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she has tremendous personality and reaches a great business audience. Sherry Hill is an enthusiastic motivator. Why should you do business with Sage International Incorporated instead of filing a corporation or LLC on your own? Or worse, using one of those $99 plus state fee sites? Well, first, you actually get to talk with someone who is going to work directly with you to develop a business strategy that is tailored specifically to the business you want to start. Second, Unless you know what questions to ask, how do you know if the entity you choose will actually do everything you think it should? Like protect your assets and significantly reduce your taxes. For over 20 years, Sage International Incorporated has helped thousands of business owners put the proper foundation under their dream. If you want to get started on the right business track, schedule your free 30-minute consultation today. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779 or visit sageintl.com. This is Christine Whitmarsh from Spanish Springs. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. When it comes to growing your business, she is a renaissance woman and wealth of business knowledge and resources. Sherry Hill is an entrepreneurial superhero. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. So why think and grow rich for women? While the steps to success may be the same for both men and women, the communication style of the original Think and Grow Rich was most definitely written from the male perspective in the 1930s. The titans of big business were nearly all men. However, today, in the next decade, women will control two-thirds of the consumer wealth in the United States and be the beneficiaries of the largest transference of wealth in our country's history. Sharon Lecter and the Napoleon Hill Foundation recognize the global economic impact of these changes and have collaborated on bringing the timeless wisdom of Think and Grow Rich to women from a women's perspective. Sharon Lecter has combined her expertise as a CPA and an international best-selling author with her unmatched passion for financial literacy and entrepreneurship to inspire change for individuals and businesses across the globe for over 30 years. Credited as the genius behind the Rich Dad brand, Sharon is currently partnered with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. A driving force behind these two mega brands, Sharon has demonstrated her entrepreneurial vision and business expertise while empowering audiences with messages of hope and prosperity. Sharon is recognized globally as an expert on many topics, including personal finance, entrepreneurship, 
publishing, and leadership, and has spoken to audiences all over the world. So Sharon, I'm glad you're joining me. Another one of your passions, let's talk about women, finances, and the book, Think and Grow Rich for Women. You identified 13 steps that have applied consistently will create greater success. But first, let's talk about why women and finances is still a topic of discussion today. Well, great. Thanks, Sherry. Yes. Well, there's certainly, if we think about it, as in your introduction, we already control 60% of all personal wealth in the United States. So with that comes the responsibility to know how to not only make money, but how to manage it, how to reinvest it, and deploy it to grow, to support not only ourselves, our families, but future generations. But, you know, your first two words, why women, I really resisted writing anything specifically for women for the for the first part of my career because I truly feel the steps of success are the same for men and women. But in the last five to ten years, so much has changed in the world of business that um, I felt that it really was time to start talking about even though the steps to success are the same, we tend to approach those steps very differently. So, and if we've talked about thinking or it came out in 1937, well, at that time there were zero women in positions of power in business. Um, so, the, there were a lot of interviews or none, no interviews of women that went into the research for the book. And so I wanted to honor Napoleon Hill's original work because the original Thinking Grow Rich is as powerful today as it was when he released it in 1937. So in Thinking Grow Rich for Women, I start each chapter. I follow the same chapter outline as the original book. I start each chapter with a synopsis of Hill's original message. And then I look at that step through the eyes of successful women who have used that in creating their success. So definiteness of purpose, faith, um, decisiveness, understanding, you know, the things that uh, overcoming, um, being persistent, all of these elements, talking to women who use those concepts in their own business. And then I talk about how I've used that concept in my own life, in my own journey for success. Then I have a section called the Sisterhood Mastermind. And this really proved to me that the book was needed. It was so hard to find quotable quotes from women. I had to literally go into speeches and editorial and find them and pluck them out um, to create a treasure trove of quotes of women from history, women of politics, women CEOs, women of philanthropy, about each of those steps so that we could, again, re-energize that philosophy for every woman reading the book. And then at the end of each chapter is probably the most important woman in the book, the one holding the book. I say, ask yourself, and then I have a series of questions that relate to that particular step to success, and I say, how have you already used this in your own career? And what can you do today, tomorrow, next week to emphasize this step to success and re-employ it to, in, in order to increase the speed of your own success? And it was such a pleasure. I have over 300 women that I highlight in the book. It was such a fun project. And I really am thrilled with the response we've had. Yeah. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Sharon Lecter, who's the author of Think and Grow Rich for Women. 
And so it's interesting because, you know, I've, I've been in business my whole life. This Sage International is like the third one I've owned throughout my working career. And even though I approach business the way I do, I don't really think about am I doing something different or unique because I'm a woman. However, it shows up. It shows up when I have male employees. It shows up when I'm trying to negotiate a lease. It shows up in areas where people don't really understand that a woman could be as specific and purposeful and blunt and direct. And always there's this kind of weirdness around when that occurs. But if I was a man, I don't think that would show up. That's true. A man, you know, a man can be assertive, a woman is pushy, or another word but <laughs> that yeah. I won't use on air. But, you know, and that, and part of that is, again, cultural change. And, and one of the reasons I wrote the book, Sherry, is exactly that. You know, we need, as women, we tend to, the movement out there is still to complain and criticize all the bad things men are still doing to us. And I really want to change the dialogue and say, you know, let's not focus on those grumpy guys out there that are still trying to hold us back because that's focusing on the wrong thing. Let's let's celebrate the progress that we've made. Let's celebrate the men that are opening the doors and supporting women. Let's celebrate the women that are in positions of power that are working to open the door for other young women. And if we can start focusing on that and celebrating the good things and the positive moves, we and stop concentrating on the complaining and criticizing on the negative things, we actually will see more progress more quickly because it comes back to the Napoleon Hill's messages, you know, positive thoughts instead of negative thoughts. And, you know, what you focus on becomes a reality. So let's focus on the positive and the accomplishments women have made. Sharon, you are a CPA, and so you're in the financial world, and certainly for a lot of women, whether they own a business or not, they have to understand that things are going to happen. So death, divorce, second marriages, all these things that affect the financial side of life, and yet a lot of women are still not taking responsibility. So I know a huge part of your education, we talked about in the first segment, financial literacy for kids. We also need to talk about financial literacy for women. So what is it that you see um, most women not really dealing with or thinking about with regards to their own financial stability? Well, the uh, the tagline at the end of Gone with the Wind, I'll think about it tomorrow, comes to mind. Most women tend to put their head in the sand. Um, they give up the responsibility for money to their husband, even though they have the ability to do it on their own. And that's, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm beating the drum and... Um, and shouting from the mountaintops, because as women, we need to understand where we are financially. Um, We already control 85% of the financial decisions in our households and probably are the major influence on the other 15%. So with that, we need to understand where we are financially and the decisions that we're making, because, you know, most people, and we still haven't seen the major impact of the shift from defined benefit pension plans to defined contribution. And that's going to start revealing itself in the next 10 to 20 years. And as women, we need to be aware of what we have 
for ourselves in retirement, what we still need to do, and how we can invest and deploy our resources to build that 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 comfort, that foundation of for of financial support for us into our um, elderly years. Because women, you know, I often say the good news is women tend to outlive their husbands by seven years, but the bad news is we outlive them by seven years and we don't know anything about our money, and so we end up becoming patsies we get taken advantage of or we don't have enough to survive so it's so important as women that we wake up and figure out and teach ourselves it's so important for us to understand the ins and outs of financial management yeah well it's interesting years ago i actually got into an argument with my neighbor who i was setting up a company for him and his wife worked for him But it's like after the whole argument, she did not understand why she needed to be an employee of that business, why she needed to build retirement. And she was young. And how to really make sure that she was being treated fairly through this business, not, you know, as a bad employee, but purely that in the long run, because she's younger than him, um, that she would be taken care of. And it was like I was I was talking to a blank wall. And I'm like, this isn't real hard to understand. You're putting in your time and your energy and your efforts to help grow this business, but you don't already you don't want to reward yourself or take care of yourself, and he can't see it either. So I haven't spoken to them for a long time, but you know, it it just it amazes me. And again, Sharon, this isn't hard, right? I mean, what are you going to do today and what are you going to do in the future to make sure that you have the financial wherewithal to survive? You know, depending on what survey you look at, money is the number one and sometimes in some number two reason for divorce. And it's because people hide their financial decisions or their financial purposes from each other. Or the man is totally in control and the woman has no clue. All of those things come up and, and, you know, again, that trigger of the emotional relationship to money, um, become it destroys the, the love and the, and the companionship because there's this, this deceit or this fear or this power shift when it comes to money. And it impacts that relationship in the long run. Right. Well, and one of the things I learned from many years ago, a a phenomenal financial planner, wealth transfer advisor, is when a couple sits down and writes out their goals and then they look at their financials, you start to create that synergy so that you're both working towards, you know, whatever that is, adventure, travel, put your kids through college, and yet those conversations seem to be more adversary than working together, but yet life is so much easier when you're both working towards the same goals. (laughs) Again, it's not that hard, right? (laughs) And plus, you know, what happens is when, you know, when a man and woman are are a team and they're on board of what they want, it it becomes more fun. You know, even if there's a, a struggle and you decide you get through that struggle together, it brings that relationship more close, you know, closer together. Right. We have to go to break. We come back. We're going to pick up on yet another shift in topic with special guest Sharon Lecter. We'll be right back. This is Hugh Ballou from Blacksburg, Virginia. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill rocks because she's a leader's leader 
and an inspiration. Thank you, Sherry. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. This is Sharon Lecter from Paradise Valley, Arizona. You are listening to The Sherry Hill Show. Sherry Hill is important to me because she helped us get up and running with the Rich Dad Company. Sherry Hill is dedicated to your success. Welcome back to The Sherry Hill Show, doing everything possible to spark and fuel your entrepreneurial dreams. Now, here's your host, Sherry Hill. The business environment has shifted from a culture of win-lose to win-win or from competition to collaboration. How can you elevate your business by adopting cooperative strategies that will allow you to leverage the expertise and resources of collaborative partners, broaden your market reach, and expand your client base? My fabulous guest today, Sharon Lecter, the genius behind the Rich Dad brand and currently partnered with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, has combined her expertise as a CPA and an international best-selling author with her unmatched passion for financial literacy and entrepreneurship to inspire change for individuals and businesses across the globe for over 30 years. A powerful speaker, uplifting coach, and successful business executive, she shares groundbreaking relevant information to influence change and energizes audiences to find ways to thrive within their personal and professional lives. So Sharon, welcome. Glad we're catching up again after so many years, but I want to talk about this from competition to collaboration, which is what you call the new normal. Absolutely. If you think back during the industrial age, it was a very competitive environment, dog-eat-dog, you know, the the mammoth companies uh, competing for for share of of shelf space in stores. And as we've transformed into what I call the information age, um, that we've moved into much more of a collaborative environment where you see now competitors working together. Instead of dog-eat-dog or win-lose, today it's more like let's join together and make a bigger impact, win-win-win. And um, I love it, and that's also another reason why I was so um, energized to write Thinking Rich for Women, because we tend to excel in a more collaborative environment. But that collaborative environment is such a wonderful way to inspire creativity and idea-making because you're not thinking about how to beat somebody else. You're how, how do we work together to make a greater result? I often say one plus one is not two. One plus one is 11, and that's the result of collaboration. It's the old concept of the mastermind concept, which originally came from Napoleon Hill himself, which is when you bring two or more minds together, you have exponential results because each person is bringing their education, 
their experiences, both positive and negative, to the table. And so by doing that, you have the wealth of the entire pool of experience, and you can come up with the greatest ideas. I've been in a collaborative mindset ever since we started Sage International because I was always looking at who are those experts out there and I see a lot of business owners you know they get into trouble is they try and be everything to everybody and I was very clear on this is our core this is our area of expertise and I know people who all do all these other things like I never sell insurance I don't do financial planning I don't um, try and do bookkeeping or taxes because I have great people that's their core and area of expertise and it's always been in that collaboration to go we're going to create this piece and then you guys all take it from there and everybody wins and so that's exactly how I built the Rich Dad organization Sherry you know we were very good at uh, writing books and selling and um, and marketing but When we wanted to step into the world of coaching, I found the greatest um, opportunity, the greatest coaches out there, and collaborated with them, had their systems, and made sure it all came across branded as Rich Dad. Same thing, you know, with, with each element of what we were doing. Infomercials, I went and found Time Life. I wanted to make sure we went and used the greatest talent there is. And the, the beauty of collaborating is it allows you to get to market quicker. Instead of you trying to start some new avenue in your business and you have to learn it and build it, you find somebody who's already excellent in that space and you work with them and you can get to the market much more quickly. Well, and it also expands, as you said, your product line, your service line, all these things, because a lot of people, I've done work where literally it's that private label. So they're offering whatever service, we're the actual company doing the work behind it, but it is private labeled or branded. So when you talk about how to innovate or grow your bottom line, it doesn't all have to come out of your head. And that's the beauty of it. <laughs> so That's right. I mean, at one point we had probably no more than 18 employees at the Rich Dad corporate office, and yet we had thousands of people working for us around the globe through these strategic partnerships alliances, through collaboration. What are the, what's the accountability? What are the expectations? What's the time date frame? How often are you going to get together and check in to make sure it's moving in the direction you want to? How are you going to get out of it? Because it's just like a marriage. You know, you go through the honeymoon period, everybody's excited, and then you get married and you're happy for a few months, and then all of a sudden you have to just start dealing with the issues of life. And so in this collaborative effort, you want to have that lined up. I often tell people when they're going into partnerships or into class, I said, plan the divorce before you get married. You know, when you still like each other, it's a whole lot easier. So, you know, if we're down the road, you don't want to do this anymore, you know, let's figure out how we can figure this out. So that kind of a buy-sell agreement, but in a collaborative, is how do we separate and who owns what? And those kinds of things are very important to get in writing before you get into a relationship. Yeah, and, and because then once that foundation is laid, then it really is just nurturing the relationship and helping each other 
grow and be successful. And I think it was J.C. Penny who says, if I share an idea with you, I don't give up my idea. Now we, we both have an idea, right? So we just expanded our thought process and what we can accomplish together. And that's the fun side of collaboration, right? When it's working and you're creating and you're innovating and you're not over here dealing with the drama and the issues and why aren't you returning people's phone calls? Exactly. And it's a, it comes back to that power of the mastermind. Exactly. And I love masterminds. I know you're speaking all over the world. And so now that you're working with the Napoleon Hill Foundation, I'm guessing you're not done. Well, thank you. Yeah, I have two more books that are in process right now with the Napoleon Hill Foundation. One is Think and Grow Rich for the Next Generation, and one is called Think and Grow Rich, The Magic Key. So those are being worked on. And then I have a program called Dedicated Entrepreneurs. You can go to dedicatedentrepreneur.com, where I'm bringing in small groups of um, entrepreneurs really working on their business over a period of um, a few few months, but with starting off, kicking off with a, a two-and-a-half-day event, and then working with them over a period of months to get them up and running and, and really track results by focusing on their business. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm doing a series. I, my first one is September 19th and 20th. I'm doing a, a, a book and media event, a book and media summit, um, it's called uh, um, you know, Publish with a Purpose and a Platform for Profit, and then how to speak and become a, a standing ovation every time. So it's called speakserveandsell.com for information related to that. So, and then I also have a podcast, and the podcast is called Your Money, Your Business, Your Life. And, and people can reach me, Sharon Lecter. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and um, SharonLecter.com. Awesome. Well, gosh, you're such a wealth of information and knowledge and someone that, you know, I've known for many years and really appreciate and have watched you just, like I said before, kind of conquer the world out there. So it's, it's always wonderful to experience people that you've known for a long time and watch them just power the success. And so congratulations and thank you. And I look forward to some more conversation with you as you launch some of your new books and what you're doing out there so I can continue to help share your message. Well, thank you, Sherry. I look forward to doing more with you as well. Awesome. So again, for anyone, I encourage you to go out and look at Sharon Lecter, and that's L-E-C-H-T-E-R dot com. She has just a lot of great books out there, and I mean, anyone that can take Napoleon Hill and his powerful messages, and if you've studied him as long as I have, and really bring it into the new world, then that's inspiring. So again, thank you, Sharon, for that. Pick up that book, Outwitting the Devil. It's very cool, and it's certainly on my bookshelf, along with Think and Grow Rich for Women. We'll catch up next week. I look forward to more awesome conversations with upcoming guests. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show and tune in next week, same time, same station.
for The Sherry Hill Show.